0: Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. Happy New Year! I hope that you're doing well and that your 2021 is starting out better than 2020 went. I would tell you how mine is going, but I'm writing this on December 10th, so I have no clue. I'm busy doing my standard freelance work, writing these episodes, uh, working on my next book or books. Um, I'm thinking that uh, one will have to be a series of at least Three books, possibly more. Um, So, books. Uh, You can find a link to what I have published on the blog. Um, And I'm finalizing Patreon details. So, I'm working out exactly what the levels are and the logistics of offering early access or add free episodes to patrons. Um, by the time you hear this, that will all be worked out. So you can find me on Patreon now as Triumvir Clio, of course. Uh, yay! Um, and if you're a knitter like me, you you may have heard of a problem called starditis. And <laughs> I feel like I have writing starditis right now. Um, it feels so good. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because of the time of year we're in. Uh, that you know, is this transitional time when we're... The seasons are changing sort of you know what I mean that the days are getting darker but they're gonna get lighter soon and I, I don't know it just makes me want to start stuff um, not sure anyway I should move on um, because trying to summarize Plautus always always seems to take longer than it feels like it should um so yes today we have another p- comedy from Plautus Asinaria. Um, and the title literally translates to the one with the asses as in the animals there are donkeys in this play, literal donkeys, not a chorus dressed up as donkeys, not people behaving like donkeys. Well, okay, I suppose that happens too, but that's every play by Plotus that people act kind of like donkeys. Um, so I, I, yeah, anyway, so that's that's what Asanaria means. I will, um, to not cause any issues or concerns with the language, refer to the animal as a donkey. Um. If you're reading it, that is not the word that is used. Anyway, we are uh, working our way through uh, Plautus's undated plays. Um, so I have no other background information for you. I have no historical context. Um, there's some of it uh, that makes it feel to me like maybe it's later in his career, but that is total speculation on my part. Um, I am not a Latin scholar, so I have not, you know, studied the original um, at all. Anyway, I am working again from the Henry Thomas Riley translation, which, as we know, is fine. Um, just like most of his translations, it, you know, not my favorite, but the price was right. <laughs> um, so there we go. The cast consists of um, Argyripus who is our love-struck young man. And he is the son of Demonitus, our hen-packed old man, and Artemona, our domineering wife. Um, the object of Argaripus' affection is uh, Philenium, who is, of course, a local prostitute. And her procurus is uh, Clarida, who is also described at some points as her mother. Um, but that could just be a title and not an actual relationship. That's one of those... Terms, I'll call it, of endearment that we frequently see if the procure, if there's a procurus and, and a prostitute in, in these comedies. Um, uh, but, of course, more than one man is in love with Philenium. So there is Emiles Gloriosus, who we will encounter very late in the play. Um, on the slave end, we have Soria, who works for Artemona and Libanus and Leonida, who work for uh, Diminidus. Libanus is our clever slave, although we'll see that Leonida um, also takes some of that role. They kind of together make that character. Um, the captain, the Milleus Gloriosus, has a parasite um, who is unnamed, and then there is the man selling the titular donkeys, um, and those two unnamed characters round out the cast. I think. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's everyone. Um, Obviously. We'll find out if I missed someone in the summary. So I guess that makes this a good time for a short break. (music) The play opens with a random actor providing a brief prologue. They ask everyone to sit down before introducing the play. It was originally written in Greek by Demophilus, and he called it Onagos. Um, Marcus Plautus translated it into Latin and renamed it Asinaria, which is really just the Latin translation of the Greek name. It's funny, so please pay attention. Mars will help you with that, which is a rather threatening thing to say. I mean, I like the theater and all, but I don't think I want the god of war making sure that I pay attention to it. But anyway, that is the prologue. <laughs> uh, Demonetus and uh, Libanos enter from Demonetus' house. Demonetus complains about his wife before reminding Libanos that his son is in love with a courtesan named Philenium. She's a neighbor, of course. Uh, Libanos adds that the young man has run out of money, and worse than that, he's promising more than he has to give. Diminidos asks Libanos if he can help with the matter, and Libanos agrees that he and his fellow slave, Leonida, are happy to do whatever needs to be done. But here's the problem. Dominitos would be happy to indulge his son, but all of the family's wealth has come from his wife's dowry, and she is pretty strict with the budget. Now, if they could come up with a way to steal some money from his wife, which Labinus can totally do with Dominitos' blessing, then they could give the money to the son, Argarippus, to give to his mistress, Philenium. Are you confused yet? Labanus <laughs> exits to find Leonida and hatch a plan. Demonidos, uh tells the audience that he knows Libanus will make this all work out, and then he exits to the forum. Argarippus enters from uh, Clarita's house, which is the other house on stage. He complains about having been kicked out for not having enough, enough money, and he threatens to report her for her role in the world's oldest profession. Um, so basically, he throws a big temper tantrum, um, but he makes sure to say that this is all directed at Clarita because, you know, he holds absolutely nothing against Philenium. He sees that Clarita is coming and decides to confront her on the street since he's no longer allowed inside the house. Clarita enters. She tells Argaripas that she would be totally fine with him being Philenium's only customer, but he has to pay. Argaripas complains that he can't pay any more than he already has. He's out of money. They haggle, and Cleareda tells him that she'll reopen her doors to him for 20 minae. She exits back into her house. Argaripas then exits to the forum in hopes of figuring out a way to borrow money. Labinas enters. In a relatively short soliloquy, he tells the audience that he still doesn't have a plan. He sees Leonida running toward him, so... Naturally, he hides, um, and then, of course, Leonida enters running, just like Libanos said. Leonida is giddy because he's come up with a plan to get the money, and he needs to find Libanus to tell him about it. After a lengthy scene of Libanos eavesdropping on Leonida, um, talking to himself and or the audience, Libanos finally steps forward and actually talks to his friend. Here's what Leonidas come up with. Soria, the chamberlain in their household, sold some donkeys for 20 minae, um, the very amount that Argaripus needs, but the money hasn't been delivered yet. If someone were to disguise himself as Soria, they could get the money to give to Demenitos to give to Argaripus. The two slaves discuss how they will carry out this plot, and Leonidas exits to let uh, Demenitos know about the plan and to don his Soria disguise. The donkey dealer enters with a boy who is, I, I don't know, his servant, apprentice, son. It's not exactly clear what their relationship is. Um, Libanus intercepts them as they approach the door, and then Leon- Leonida enters disguised as Saria. After a bit of slapstick, the money is paid, and everyone exits. Clarita and Felinium enter. Clarita lectures Felinium about how she should have nothing to do with Argaripus until he has money to give her. And even though Felinium protests her love, she also declares her obedience, and they go back into their house. Leonida and Labanus enter and talk about the success of their trick. They see Argrippus and Felinium coming and hide. Argrippus and Felinium enter from Clarita's house. They profess their love. Leonida and Labanus eavesdrop and provide color commentary. And eventually, the two slaves step out from their hiding place and tell Argarippus that the money has been paid. Argarippus doesn't believe them at first, but a new twist has now been added. He can have the 20 minae, but only on the condition that Diminidus gets the first night with Felinium. Leonido and Libanus exit into Diminidus' house, and Argarippus and Philenium exit into Clarita's house. A brand new character and his parasite now enter. This is Diabolus, the other man vying for Fellenium's service, the uh, Miles Gloriosus type. He has a copy of a contract stating that he's already paid 20 Minae to have exclusive access to Fellenium for a year, which, of course, is what Argripus has just paid for, too. They exit into Clarita's house. Um, and now maybe there is at least one scene that has been lost because in the text that we have Diabolus and his parasite immediately reenter. So they walk into the house and the next scene, like you turn the page and it says now they enter and there were not scene changes in ancient Roman comedy. So um, it's not like theater today where yes, it's feasible that somebody could, could exit and then enter immediately. But, but there's someplace new. No, they, they walk into the house and then they walk right back out of the house. Um, but here's what apparently happened in that time. Um, now they know that Archeripus has beat him to the girl. Um, now it is possible that they walk into the house, they see Felenium entertaining both father and son. Um, and then that's why they come back on stage immediately, but there is, there's is no textual evidence for that. Um, so that's a theory. Um, but or that's a way that it could be handled on stage with the text that we have but it looks like there's something missing at this point um, so after a brief exchange about how the uh, Diabolus and his parasite how they will handle this information about Felenium and Argaribus, um and <laughs> um, they they discuss what what they're going to do with this. Um, Diabolus exits off stage, and the parasite exits into Demonicus's house. A table is then set before Clarita's house. Agrippus, Demonicus, and Philenium enter, and they take up their places at the party. Then, Ardemona. The, the wife, the mother, um, and the parasite enter from Dimonides' house. And Artemona upbraids her husband for his behavior and for being a bad role model to their son um, before she drags both of them off home. Um, and then an unnamed comedian announces that Demonitas hasn't done anything that any other man hasn't done or wouldn't do. Um, And the audience can help. They can keep him from being punished by his wife if they will just applaud. And that, of course, is where the play ends. This one is a little weird. Okay. All of Plautus is a little weird, um, so that might not be saying anything. Um, some of this may stem from the fact that what has survived is incomplete. So maybe the missing sections would clear things up. Um, and some of it could be from lines being misattributed at some point over the centuries. So maybe what we have isn't accurate to what was originally performed. Um, there are some scholars who propose that there's a scene with Argaripas towards the beginning of the play that really should be um, Diabolus. Um, but that's, and that's a proposal. It's a theory. It's a thought. Um, again, nothing textual to really tell us that. So it is possible that we're you know what we have is not really an accurate script um and some of it could just be Plautus putting his own Roman spin on the Greek original um this play does seem to have some merging of stock plot lines um something that I'm sure you're starting to notice is that there are a lot of plot similarities across Plautus's work um So, you know, sometimes we have a plot in which a young man and his old father compete for the same girl. Um, Sometimes we have a plot in which a young man and some other man, frequently a Miles Gloriosus type, compete for the same girl. Sometimes we have a plot that just, you know, the only competition the young man has for the girl is that he has to come up with some money to get her. Um, In this play, we get all of these plots all rolled in together um but the thing is we don't know (laughs) that we're getting all of these plots until somewhere in act four um and that's what's weird usually the concept that there is a milie gloriosus vying for the young woman's hand is revealed close to the beginning of the play um in a scenario we don't find out about him until he enters in act four The closest we get to learning about him is that Clarita tells Argarippus that whoever brings the 20 minae first gets Philenium, but she doesn't say anything about a specific person she's made that agreement with. Yet, when Diabolus enters, he is carrying just such an agreement. He has it in writing. Um, So is there something missing that would have foreshadowed the scene? Um, or is it just a twist that Plautus decided to add that, you know, wasn't in the original Greek? Um, and it's similar, you know, when it suddenly announced that Argripus can have the money only if he lets his dad have Fellenium first. That was not an original condition of, of Diminidus helping him out. But then suddenly, you know, again, around Act 4, this twist is added. Um, now, you know, as if any of these plot lines aren't bad enough, um, having all of them occur in the same play has to make you feel for poor Felinium. Clarita is ready to sell her to the first comer as long as he has enough money. And she is finally sold to the man she loves, which, you know, happy ending. I mean, it's a little problematic, but we'll take her word that she really does love him. But before she can be with him, she has to be with his father. And it is clear that she really is uninterested in Timonitos. That like, she has lines to that effect in that last party scene. Um, David Constant has identified materialism as the key theme running throughout this play. And I mean, I can see how he's reached that conclusion. Um, But what's disturbing is that Despite the title being about donkeys, the key commodity is felonium. Um Now, of course, we do need to remember that one of the things comedy does is use absurdity to reveal the problems in society. Um, a modest proposal isn't actually meant to convince anyone to eat children, right? <laughs> it, it does it in an absurd, funny, satirical way talk about eating children but by doing that it points out the plight of poverty um so in this play it sees materialism in some ways going to an extreme um so maybe you know so maybe some of these icky things that we see of this young woman being the most desired commodity in this play um it's not necessarily meant to convince us that this is the way the world should work it's meant to point out what's wrong with the world with women being seen as property um, and, and as commodities um, so it's a way to highlight that you know in the case of this play Asinaria, money is the root of all evil um, so <laughs> what do you think of this play What does it have to say about people or materialism? I'd love to hear your thoughts. The blog is at triumphyourclyo.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. Uh, The URL for my Patreon is there too. And maybe, maybe you even heard this episode early and ad-free because you're already a patron. On Wednesday, we'll read book 19 of The Odyssey. Talk to you then.